Bible open. Anybody bring your Bible? Anybody got your Bible? Bible's a good, it's a neat book. You ought to bring it with you to church so you can write in it. Praise God. Exodus 32, beginning with verse number 15. It says, And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, and on the one side and on the other were they written. The tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, graven upon the tables. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. He said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing And Moses' anger was waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and brake them beneath the mount. He took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire, ground it to powder, and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee? that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them. And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people, that they are set on mischief. They said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us, for as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me. Then I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. When Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. He said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. And it came to pass On the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin. And now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. This is the time, obviously, where the Lord has given them, given Moses the Ten Commandments. They have come down, he has come down from the mountain, and he had been up there some time, and and uh, the people got anxious. They, they brought their gold together. They made a golden calf. And 
began to worship the golden calf. The Bible tells us that they stripped off their clothes. They were naked. What was happening around this golden calf is, uh, the the Bible tells us that there were 3,000 men that were slain because of the sin, but basically there was a sexual orgy happening around this golden calf. This is what was happening at this time, and and Moses comes down, and uh, he brings all, he asks the question, who is on the Lord's side? tribe of Levi, the sons of Levi come and he commands them to do away with everybody that was involved in the worship of the idol and accompanying worshiping the idol was terrible sexual immorality. It was in the open. It was in front of everybody. They had learned this type of behavior in Egypt and they had given in to the lust of their flesh and in, in this moment they began to act in a way that was against what God had intended for them, how he had intended for them to act. Notice that they had not received the table of, of the commandments yet. He was coming down the mountain with them. And God looks at the immorality that is taking place and God brings everything to a screeching halt. Everything. Their movement towards the promised land stopped right there. Sin will always stop your forward progress in God. Always. Will always stop it. And here is a lesson that he is trying to teach us. I'm going to go to uh, Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. The the opportunity uh, to engage in the immorality there at the foot of the mountain, at the base of the mountain, So many got caught up in this scene and and God dealt with the problem of immorality. He commanded the sons of Levi to take their sword and 3,000 men were slain. Notice it was the men that took the brunt of the punishment. The Bible doesn't tell us all the women and children were. The men took the brunt of the punishment because what men will put their stamp of approval on will enable everybody else to do it. So it was the men that died. 3,000 died because of this. The Bible says it was a great sin. It was a great sin before the Lord. And before they could move forward, God had to deal with sin. Now, he deals with us differently today than he does or did in the Old Testament. We we serve a gracious and a merciful God. We serve a gracious and a merciful God. You can say amen to that. I'm thankful for the grace and the mercy of God. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We are saved by grace through faith, 
not because we did it, but because he has given us a gift, the gift of salvation. He's a good God. He's a good God who will forgive us of our sins and who will save us. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This, this is the will of God. The will of God is that all should come to repentance. It is not the will of God that anybody should perish. It is the will of God that all should come to a place of turning from the world and turning towards God, turning towards God and turning away from sin, making, making the decision to turn from sin and to abandon the practice of sin and turn towards God. This is God. what God wants to do. He wants us to turn towards him and to abandon every sinful practice that our flesh wants to indulge in, that our mind wants to think about, that, that, our, that we want to speak about. Every sinful practice that we can let into our life, it is the will of God for us to turn towards him and for him to forgive us. That's the will of God. That's where we live today. It's not the will of that, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There is a place of repentance that God is bringing us to. And when I'm done here tonight, I'm going to ask that every single one of us come around the front. When I get done in the next few moments, we as a congregation, we are going to repent. We're going to repent. I'm troubled in my spirit tonight, very, very troubled very heavy in my spirit. Um, the Lord has stopped us in our tracks. And we're not going to go further at all in the spirit, in the plan of God where God is taking us until we get some things right. God is not drawing a crowd. God is building a church. And in order for that to happen, we've got to be right with God. James chapter 1. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. This is the end result of sin. This is where it always ends up 100% of the time. Not 99% of the time. Not 99.999. 100% of the time, sin ends in a place of utter destruction and death. This is what it does. There's only one destination sin wants to take anybody. Sin wants to take them to an ultimate place of death and destruction. But sin doesn't start with the sin. It starts with, it starts with uh, temptation. It starts with being tempted and how we 
handle that temptation. It is not a sin to be tempted. The devil would like us to make like to make us feel as though it is a sin because we were tempted. That is not the case. But temptation leads us into sin. It brings forth, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. That death that, that sin brings ultimately is the death of our soul in hell forever. But it also brings forth death of relationships. It brings forth the death of anything productive in this life. Sin will bring death to whatever it touches. The, the far-reaching effects of sin that go undealt with will ultimately weave its way into every area of our life. You see, sin is like a web that is woven by a spider, that, that it, it, it is there, and, when a, when a, and we've all seen it. We've all seen it, especially this time of the year. The web is there maybe on your front porch, and, and a bug has flown into that web. And, and it struggled to get free. It gets wrapped up more and wrapped up more in the web. And it's all a part of the plan of the, the prey to consume what it has caught. Sin is like a web that wants, he, he, Satan wants to get that web around you. He wants you to get caught. The Bible uses the word the snare the, a snare is a, is, a, is a thing that you put in the woods to maybe catch a bear or a bobcat. It's a, it's a trap that, that, ca- that, a, that an animal will step in and it'll catch them by the foot. It'll, it, 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 they're, they're caught and the more they struggle, the more they struggle to get free, the worse the pain is and the more damage it does to the animal. And, and, and that's what sin is. Sin is a snare that you can get caught in. Satan has one plan for your life. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your life with sin. One of the major one of the major issues in the New Testament when it comes to holiness and being sanctified and being made like God and being made in the image of God is the issue of morality. We see the, the example in, in Exodus of how God dealt with it. There's only one way to deal with sin, and that is to take a sword and to put sin to death. There's only one, there's only one remedy, remedy for the old man, and that is execution. We are to put to death the deeds of the body. We are not to try to train the deeds of the body. We are not to try to domesticate the deeds of the body. We are to put to death the deeds, the sin, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. There's only one remedy for it. Satan likes to offer us both. He likes to tell us that we can somehow domesticate demonic spirits and learn to make them obey and enjoy it when I want it and then somehow avoid the consequences. But sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. God, in, in the New Testament, we have the opportunity. We live in grace. That is, grace is basically, break it down like this. It's an opportunity to repent and get it right before judgment comes. 
That's what grace is. Grace is the opportunity to repent, to get it right with God, to confess it to God, to get it out in the light, to get it out in the open and say, God, I've been involved in sin and I am renouncing sin and I am repenting and I am turning from it. If that is not done, sin will bring forth death. Repentance is not asking God to forgive me so I can do it three days later and clear my conscience for a few hours. Repentance is a decision to, to abandon the practice of everything that is not like God, that he hates. That means in order to repent, you may need to sever uh, uh, relationships with somebody that wants to influence you to sin. That's what true repentance is. True repentance is not living the same life and just asking God to forgive me. Lord, that, that's just basically like saying, oh, God, clear my conscience for a few minutes, but I really enjoy doing what I'm doing. No, repentance is putting away, putting it away, is doing whatever is necessary because pleasing God is more important than pleasing anybody else. I'm not interested in pleasing you. I'm interested in pleasing him. So that it means if I've got to displease somebody in order to please him, that's not unchristian. That's not unkind. That is the definition of being sanctified and being made like him. The issue of morality. He dealt with this issue of morality at the foot of Mount Sinai as he comes down and sees thousands of people dancing with their clothes off around a golden calf, engaging in sexual immorality. God said, this is a great sin. This is a great sin. This is a great sin. You'll notice, and, and this it weaves its way through all uh, 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 religions. Um, uh, the word is escaping me right now, but uh, pagan religions. You'll see it, it, it is sexual immorality accompanies temple worship and accompanies the worship of other gods. And, and while it is different in America, the, the same thing happens because sexual immorality outside of the bonds of marriage is self-worship. It is, it is ultimate, it is brute, uh, is iniquity of I will do what pleases me as long as I want to do it when I want to do it outside of the boundary of the word of God. But this is a great sin before the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses one through seven. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. This is a major, a major component of sanctification is my relationships with other people. 
whether or not they are pure and holy. He tells us that we are to abstain from fornication. This is, this is a very serious issue with God. Sex outside of marriage in any way, shape, or form. It is, it, it is, it is sin against the Lord. And this sin we see in the book of Exodus causes God to stop everything and say you will not advance until this is cleaned out until it is made right until every until every person that does that that is involved in it is 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 brought before the Lord and it is handled now was handled in the book of Exodus with a sword in the new testament it's handled with the sword of our mouth against the enemy with repentance repentance will break the back of the enemy in any situation satan cannot keep somebody bound who is willing to repent we ought to thank God that we have the opportunity in the New Testament instead of just reaping uh, the, the judgment of the sword to say, God, I'm, I'm sorry and I, forget, and I repent and I'm turning away from sin. But he tells them to abstain from fornication. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse number 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. The Bible gives a very clear command about fornication. It says to flee it. God is going to judge every sin that is not under the blood of Jesus Christ. He is going to judge it. Well, it's so popular, it kind of makes me cackle and laugh when you hear it in society, oh, don't judge me. Let me tell you, the judgment of any person, anywhere, paling in comparison is not even, does not even scratch the surface of what it is for God to judge sin. Only God can judge me. Oh, God is. God's going to judge, and God knows every thought and every intent of the heart, and he's going to judge knowing every motive, knowing, knowing every action, knowing every deed, knowing every word. There is coming a day of judgment. But before the day of judgment that we stand before God in eternity, the, 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 the consequences of sin that happen in this life, they will begin to unfold and Satan always presents the fun up front and he hides the consequences behind a curtain somewhere hoping that somebody will fall into the lust of the flesh and will begin to give in to immorality and enjoy the pleasure that is momentary not showing them the back end of the deal. So God tells us to put it away. He says to flee fornication. 
flee it. Don't don't hang around it. Don't be friends with it. Don't 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 get casual with it. Don't be anywhere near it. He says if there's if there's fornication, get as far away from it as possible because of the damage that it brings to your spirit, because of the damage that it does to your soul, because of the damage. The Bible says that he that uh, uh, commits fornication sins against his own body. This is the only place in scripture that it says that that happens is with fornication. It is a sin against your own body. Then it goes on to tell us that if two people are joined together, their flesh, they become one flesh. That means that when somebody has, two people have sex, it, it, it means that 30 years later when you've gone on and you thought you forgot about them and they walk in the room, your spirit's going to jump because you are one spirit. You are joined together. It is a very serious thing. It damages your spirit to do it outside of the uh, of the bonds of marriage the way that God intended for it to be. Sex is a sacred thing, but in our society, it's a casual thing. It is a casual thing. And so many young people fall into the, the snare of it, not understanding that once they get married years later, and there's a trail of partners that they've slept with that they cannot be given to that one person and have a pure relationship because there are so many soul ties from their past. Satan doesn't show you that. It shows the fun. Sex outside of marriage will destroy your life and ultimately destroy your soul. Job 31 and 1. No, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. That means what you talk about Evil communication is going to breed into evil doing. Sexual relationships don't start with a sexual relationship. They start with a conversation. Affairs don't start with an affair. It starts with a conversation. Sexual immorality doesn't start by itself. It starts by talking about things you shouldn't be talking about with somebody. It happens. It's the word of God. This is what this is what happens. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communication is sin. And when sin comes in, God hits the pause button and says, "Whoop. We're going to stop right here. We are a church with promises. God is taking us somewhere, but we're not so special that God's going to overlook sin. God will stop us in our tracks." Ephesians 4 and 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Talk that is displeasing to the Lord, 
will eventually lead into committing sin. But it's not just the committing the sin that is wrong. It is the evil communication that led us there. I'm, I'm concerned not just with the deeds that are done, but if someone's headed in the wrong direction, evil communication corrupts good manners. It corrupts. The Lord has burdened me tonight. We can't be having inappropriate conversations. Inappropriate conversations are sin. And God is displeased. And until there is true repentance, God hits the pause button in your life and says you're going no further. And it will eventually lead to some type of consequence in your life. It may not be immediate. But we ought to be thankful tonight for the grace of God that he's a God that hears us, that we can go to and we can truly repent. And we can get it right and we can move on again. But we don't just move on without dealing with the problem. Everybody has what we could term the ear gate. It's a gate into your soul. What kind of communication are you listening to? Not just what are you saying, but what are you listening to? What you let in the ear gate affects your soul. Job 31 and 1. I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid. The New Living Translation says it like this. I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. Let's talk about the eye gate tonight. Our society is absolutely permeated with pornography. I believe if I remember the numbers right, an average of something, 80-something percent of men, now this is taken in the world, 80-something percent of men view pornography on some type of regular basis, and I believe it's 60-something percent of women. This isn't a, a dirty man problem. Pornography will destroy your life. Hear me. Hear me tonight. It is going to destroy Everything it touches. It is not okay for to casually view one picture here and there and because it's not a lot, it's not damaging me. Even the slightest amount is a big deal. Satan has sold church people the biggest lie and that lie is it's not a big deal. The Holy Ghost is trying to tell somebody it is a humongous, ginormous deal because it's going to destroy your life. Pornography destroys, pornography destroys, pornography destroys. Pornography destroys. Destroys your mind, destroys your thoughts. Satan has taken it and has twisted something that God made to be sacred and beautiful between, between two people for life. 
and he has made it something uh, that, that has absolutely destroyed relationship after relationship. I, I saw a figure recently uh, that had to do with divorce court, and I believe it was 51% of divorces, or maybe even more than that, cite pornography as a contributing factor of that divorce. We live in such a hypocritical society, hypocritical society. The world talks out of both sides of its mouth. We're in the Me Too movement. But when Hugh Hefner died a few years ago, he was celebrated. He was a man that abused women his entire life and objectified them. And it was Hugh Hefner that was credited. For those of you who don't know who Hugh Hefner is, he's the one that established Playboy. Has all kinds of women living in his house, and it was just sex 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He is, he is credited with the one that made premarital sex acceptable. I believe it was in the 60s, maybe. He is one that gets the credit for making it casual and fun and acceptable in society. And that pornography is reaching. It is reaching for your eye gate to get into your soul. And everything it touches, it will destroy. Everything it touches, it will destroy. And it will not stop where you think it will stop. See, Satan just throws enough bait out there just to get your flesh to be pleasured a little bit. But he has an end game for you. He's got an end game for you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy it. So pornography then develops into messing around with somebody, then having sex with them, and it becomes just a casual thing to, for our boyfriends and girlfriends to have sex and move in and live together, and, and it's, just, it's just the acceptable thing. Now, I grew up, when I grew up, it wasn't like it was in the 60s when my parents grew up, 50s and 60s when they grew up, that it was, it was kind of taboo for people to live together before they got married. Not in my life. That's not what I've, when I grew up, it was already an acceptable thing. It is a great sin in the eyes of God. I don't care how casual the world has made it. I don't care how, how normal the world has made it. God is, 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 very upset with this sin. It is a great sin. God loves people, but he hates sin. Not even a little bit of pornography is okay. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. It will destroy you. It is a lie of the enemy that says, oh, it's not a big deal. That is a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. Let's lift our hands for a moment right now. Lift up our voice to the Lord. Lord Jesus, pray your angels would move in this place right now. In Jesus' name, help us tonight, Lord. Open our eyes. I take authority over every lie of hell that has come against the people of God. I bind it in the name of Jesus. 
every demonic spirit of lust and perversion of immorality I come against it in Jesus name I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ devil you're not going to come against them you're not going to win in the name of Jesus devil you're not going to win in Jesus name in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in Jesus name Psalm 101 and 3 I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes I hate the work of them that turn aside it shall not cleave to me that's the words of somebody when you quote that when that becomes your scripture that's how you get free of things that want to get in the eye gate of your life I will set no wicked thing before me you don't stop there that's where a lot of people stop this is where a lot of people miss it because they miss this part I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. It shall not be attached to me. I hate the work of people that disobey the commandments of God. That activity will not be joined to me. That is what repentance sounds like. That is what determination to get free of sin sounds like. I hate the work of sin. I hate sin. I hate what it does to me. I hate what it does to my mind. I hate how it makes me feel. I hate how I can't go to the altar. I hate how I can't pray. I hate how I can't feel God. I hate how I can't cry in the altar. I hate how I feel disconnected from God. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It shall not be joined to me. That's how you do war against sin. If you, want to, if you want to live for God and go to heaven and not war against sin, good luck. Because you're going to need it. But the bad news is, is luck doesn't exist, so you're doomed. You're going to have to war against sin. And you're going to have to drive it out. The Bible says, in, and we read it in Genesis, sin lieth at the door. The problem is, is when you begin to open doorways to things in your life and they begin to be more accessible, you begin to experience things that you were not meant to experience. In the case of morality, when you open the door to sexual immorality, you are engaging in something that God did not intend for you to experience until you are married. This is what God gave to married people. God created it. It is sacred. It is beautiful in the boundaries that God created it in. But sin is sitting at your doorway. And it's right, it's right there, ready for you to open the door, ready for you to make room for it. There was a movie, my, my parents have a, have a book in their basement, at least did, and it was, a, it was called America A to Z, and it goes through 
all of the, the things in American history that are of worthy note. Um, you know, S, there's Sesame Street, uh, G, Golden Gate Bridge, things like that. Just things that are American, whatever. When it got to P, it had the movie Psycho. And in this little insert, it gave a, a little bit of uh, information about the movie Psycho. It was made, I believe, in the 60s or something like that. And uh, in the movie, one of the uh, climactic points of the movie is when a woman is murdered in the shower with a knife. For the rest of that woman's life, she never took a shower with the door closed or with the window closed. For the rest of her life, she was haunted by fear of being murdered in the shower. Why? The movie was fake, right? Ah, oh, it's fake. She opened the door to a demonic spirit of fear that followed her all of her life. This principle is true with many sins. You can open a door to something not understanding that demonic spirits are attached to sexual immorality and pornography. Pornography, I believe they say, is even more addictive than crack cocaine because of what it does to your brain. It has the ability to imprint images in your brain that you literally do not have the physical capability of getting them out because they are literally, quite literally, burned into your brain. The dopamine hit that your brain receives when pornography is viewed is addictive. It is a rush, and people become addicted to this. It is a problem in our society that it is the cancer of our society. It is a cancer because it's one of these things that we talk about. Our society talks out of both sides of its mouth. We... we you, you'll get some. You'll post something on Facebook that may be conservative, and they'll block it because they know they have they have algorithms to determine what is what. But they can't they can't do that to child porn, really. Yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. You see, it may start with softcore pornography, and you never thought you'd be somebody that would be viewing or even desiring to view to view pornography of little children. But Satan's got a different plan for your life he's just going to bait you enough with something that will be at an entry level with a plan of taking you somewhere else it will destroy your life pornography sexual immorality sex outside of marriage will bring a screeching halt to your spiritual life until there is repentance. God, God feels very, very strongly about this particular subject because of, of how it affects other people. God gets really upset when somebody that doesn't want to live for God and wants to live in sin is willing to influence others to sin. Doesn't like it. The Apostle Paul deals with it the, the Apostle Paul, let's read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind shall inherit the kingdom of God. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners, nor shall inherit the kingdom of God. Next verse. You're fine. And such were some of you. But you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The Bible is very clear. Fornication is a very, very serious thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse number 1. I'm going to read the entire chapter. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. Ye are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he hath done this deed, might be taken away from among you. For I verily an absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. What he's saying is the Holy Ghost has been talking to me. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sanctified for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, Yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or with idolaters. For then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one, no, not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without God judgeth. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. This is the Apostle Paul instructing them of the last ditch effort to save the body from those that want to live in sin and influence others. It's one thing if somebody is indulging in sin, 
But what God gets very serious about is those that indulge in fornication and sexual immorality and are okay with trying to influence others and make it casual and cool and okay and just kind of part of how uh, uh, things are. I can come to church and I can sleep around and and I can and I can look at porn and it's not a big deal and I can and I can text and and send pictures and 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 things that God and I can have conversations that are, God is not pleased with. What the Apostle Paul is saying: if somebody is not going to repent, don't even sit down and eat with them. I heard a preacher say this years ago, and it stuck in my spirit how true it is. He said, I will escort somebody to the gates of hell myself before I allow them to influence somebody else that wants to live for God. I'll take them there myself. If somebody wants to live according to the flesh and wants to live in the filth, that's their decision. But where I draw the line is when somebody is influential and wants to make sin casual and cool in the presence of God. The problem is, is sin like this stops the whole show and everything comes to a grinding halt because God says, now we're talking about a nation of three million people and there were 3,000 that lost their lives. That's a very, very small percentage. But God said, ooh, there's a great sin here. If we're going to go where God wants us to go, we cannot go there with immorality amongst us in any way, shape, or form. Won't you stand with me tonight? I want us to come to the front. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4. For despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, no, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. God gives us the opportunity to repent. And I'm very, very concerned and very grieved in my spirit because God will stop everything for what we might be willing to say is not a big deal. Oh, no. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. The whole lump. Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Leaven in the Bible is sin. At Passover, they ate unleavened bread. Satan's after our children. This whole transgender thing, it's, it's, it's after our babies. It's not after the older generation, though they can't get them. 
just today, my, my, my daughter has a, an iPad and she has a game that she plays, Toka Boca, and on there we had to delete it because in one particular house there was two women getting married. This is for little kids. They're after our babies. And every parent, under the sound of my voice right now, if you let your children have free reign with their phones and you never check it and you don't have parameters, you've lost your mind. You need to dig into it and see everything, every app, every text, every picture. Satan operates in the dark. That's where Satan operates, where things are hidden. And none of this stuff like, well, I'll give them, I'll give them their space. No, 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 no. You're giving their flesh space, and you're giving the devil space. That's what you're giving. That's why God gave them parents. Because they don't have control of their flesh yet. Or you can stand to the side and just let, the, let Satan just absolutely rape them mentally and emotionally. You can, just, you can just treat them like an adult so much that Satan just destroys their life. And he will. Sin, when it's finished with your babies, is going to destroy them. And all you're going to be left with is shame and regret. What could I have done differently? And you cannot reverse time. There is an assault upon morality. There's an assault upon morality. And if the church doesn't stand flat-footed and square your shoulders against Every single thing, Satan will find a way in. Oh, he'll do it. He'll do it. He's been around a long time. It's after your babies. He's after them. He's after them. He wants to destroy them. He wants to do everything he can. He's going to operate in the dark. He's going to operate where, 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 there's, where there's no exposure. But when there's light cast on it, yeah, they, they may fuss with you a little bit, yeah, but you'll save their soul. Make it uncomfortable, a little awkward when you confront it, if you're willing to do it. But it will save their soul. I debate on whether or not to tell this. I'm going to be transparent tonight. When I was 14, we had a computer downstairs, and I got into pornography. Thought I had a handle on it, but I got a praying dad. And when you're a praying parent, you'll just pick up on some stuff. Well, got a web browser search and busted me. And I thank God to this day that he did. And it was real uncomfortable. He took me down to the computer and showed me every site. Boom, 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 boom down the list. And he looked at me in the, eyeball, in the eye and said, we're going to repent. And we're not going to live like this. We're not doing this. Not in this house. This is not what we do. And he led me through repentance. And we repented together. And it broke. It broke. Because I had a dad that was willing to go through the uncomfortable process of saying, as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. 
Joshua didn't say, well, as for me and my, well, if my kids want to, they can. If my kids, well, I'll let them decide for themselves. No, no, no. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's lift our hands to the Lord right now. Lift our voice. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, shake us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, if we're unwilling to be shaken, then remove us. I pray either either shake us or remove us right now. I'm asking you, Father, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I take authority and dominion over every spirit of perversion, over every spirit of pornography, over every spirit of lust. I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. I come against it in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I bind it off of every young person. I bind it off of every father and mother over every spouse in the name of Jesus. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I take authority and dominion over every spirit of, of, of immorality and fornication. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I loose the conviction of the Holy Ghost. I loose the conviction of the Holy Ghost. I loose the conviction of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. We've been locked up for a while. And the flow's not coming back until we repent. Now, you may or, not, may or may not have been involved in anything. I don't care. We're all going to repent right now. Every one of us as a congregation, as a congregation, as God's people, we are all going to repent. And, I'm, and, I, and, I've, and I've, I've, I've been talking to the Lord that God would either convict us and open our eyes or remove that which does not want to live for God because we are going forth into the promises of God. That's where we're going. And God says everything stops until it's dealt with. But it only comes from the heart of people that say, God, I want to please you. That's what I want. That's what I want, God. I want to be in lockstep with you. And I don't want there to be anything. I don't want there to be anything that blocks us from the promises of God. I want us to lift our voice and with the same passion, I want us to repent right now. Lord, we repent as a congregation for every bit of sexual immorality that has come in, for every website that has been viewed, for every 
text message that has been ungodly. God, we repent. God, I repent. God, I confess it. God, I confess it. In the name of Jesus, we confess it right now. In Jesus, we are not okay with it. We are not okay. God is the pastor of this church. I am not okay with the least little bit coming in. In the name of Jesus, oh God, forgive us. Oh God, forgive us. Oh God, cleanse us. God, we repent. God, we repent for immorality. God, we repent for the sin that is displeasing to you. God, we repent for this idolatrous practice. In the name of Jesus, we repent. In the name of Jesus, we repent. In the name of Jesus, we repent. We repent. We repent. We repent. We repent. In the name of Jesus, open our eyes. Give us revelation of how bad it really is. Give us a revelation of how how disappointed you really are in it. Give us a revelation of how angry you are at sin. Give us a revelation of how you feel about it. Lord, I pray convict us. Lord, I pray convict us. Let us feel that prick in our heart. Let us feel the conviction. Let us feel that knot in our stomach of, oh God, we have displeased you in the name of Jesus. Oh, in Jesus' name, I come against that spirit that wants to come against our young people, that wants to seduce our teenagers. I bind it in the name of Jesus, and I lose repentance and conviction in the name of Jesus. God, it's not okay. Every ungodly conversation is not okay. It is evil before you. It is evil in your sight and we repent in the name of, come on, this is good. This is good. Let's repent until there's a flow. In the name of Jesus, we repent right now. God, it is not okay. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we repent. We repent. We repent. We repent. We want to please you. We want to please you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of us, O God. Have mercy upon us, O God, according to your loving kindness. Oh, Lord, pour out your grace upon us. Oh, Lord, let us get it right. We want to get it right. We want to get it right. We want to drive it out. In the name of Jesus, we want to drive out sin. We don't want it to stay. We want to be pure before you. We want to be holy before you. We want to be righteous before you. In the name of Jesus,
it shall not cleave to me. I shall hate the works of darkness. I shall hate the works of sin. I will hate the work of iniquity. I will hate the work of immorality. I will drive it out. I will drive it out. I will drive it out. It will not be attached to me, O God. It will not be attached to me, O God. I will drive it out of my life. I will drive it out of my home. I will drive it out of my marriage. I will drive it out of every room in my home. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, not even one web website is okay. Not even one bad text message is acceptable. Not even one bad interaction is okay. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we repent. Lord, we drive it out. Lord, we are separating ourselves from sin. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
repentance from sexual immorality is done in two ways. One, you go tomorrow to the justice of the peace and you get married. Sleeping with them, marry them. Or break up with them and separate completely because the doors of familiarity are there and you will fall back into it. Repentance means that I do everything that is necessary to please God, no matter who else's feelings it hurts. We've got to please God. There's going to be no flow of the Holy Ghost here. God will gradually just get up and walk out very quietly. He won't stomp his feet and walk out. He'll just gradually lift when there's an unclean spirit. We're going to be clean before God. Let's lift our hands and thank the Lord right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, we want to be pure and holy before you tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's stand together right now all over the sanctuary. Let's just love him right now. Let's talk to him right now. Lord, we want to please you. Lord, we want to drive out everything that is contrary to your word, that is sin in your eyes. God, we want to do things your way, not my way. We want to please you and not ourselves. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we've got to have that sweet flow of the Holy Ghost back in our life. In the name of Jesus, we've got to have that sweet flow of the Spirit in every service we get together. In the name of Jesus, that means more to us than anything else. That means more to us than anything else. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. First John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're very blessed to live in the new covenant. We are very blessed to live in the new covenant. But we're just, until the Lord lifts this, I, we've, just, we, we've got to get this right. We've got to get it right. If God is displeased, it doesn't matter how many people come or go. If their sin is just a crowd, it's not a church. I'm not suggesting perfection in every area, but I am saying that there are some things that we can overcome and can be in control. Let's lift our hands one more time to the Lord before we go tonight. In Jesus' name, we receive your word.
Lord, we're going to take this word with us tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that revelation, that light, Lord, would shine in our hearts, in our minds, that our desire to please you would be greater than any other desire in Jesus' name. I loose the spirit of the fear of the Lord upon God's people. Lord, we're going to walk in your in the fear of the Lord. Lord, we are going to we are going to walk in obedience and uprightness according to your word. Lord, we're more we're more scared of offending you than we are of offending anybody else. We're going to walk in the fear of the Lord. We're going to walk in the fear of the Lord in Jesus name, in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you tonight.